All right, Hawks fans and hoop ball fans, we have a special hoop ball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoop ball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business. So listen up. Here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is... You need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now, right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting and your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no-brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at HoopBallFantasy or go to Hoop-Ball.com and get right today. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Taking flight where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, today on December 14th, 2020, the day after the Hawks' second preseason game closed out in the State Farm Arena. And it will be the last home game for the Hawks until the regular season starts. And they will have their home opener on December 28th against the Detroit Pistons. For the next two preseason games, they'll be on the road in Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies on Thursday and Saturday of this week. And I will talk about that matchup in the next episode when we will have Edwin Powell, or I call him E-Dub, 
from Hawks beat here on Hooball Hawks. But I will talk about last night's win over the Magic and takeaways from the game. But first, a quick plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band back to action like they said on power rangers and we're here to talk about last night's game and i'm gonna give an overall opening statement we'll get into the statistics and then do some takeaways from yesterday's game after losing preseason game number one on friday night to the magic the hawks certainly rebounded with a strong performance and showed improvement in key areas such as three-point shooting defense, rebounding, and certainly brought that energy and competitive spirit that I wanted to see every single game from this Atlanta Hawks team. And if they are to achieve the goals set forth from them this year, the biggest goal being playoffs, those are the things that they have to improve game in and game out and truly focus on. And although that there were things to clean up from this game and improve on, such as turnovers, defending without fouling, and continuing to learn each other's respective games. They certainly are establishing really good habits early, working through and trying to figure out their rotations, spacing, continuing to learn each other's tendencies and how to play with each other. And these are the things that start the building blocks and the foundation And then you can build upon this foundation and from there work on things like rebounding and other things that are going to be pillars for this Hawks team's success going forward. And you start them now. You start them in training camp, off-season workouts, in the preseason games, and you correct those mistakes in preseason games, and you go to regular season game, and it's a game-by-game adjustment. You're going to do that throughout the season. That's what winning teams do. That's what championship teams do throughout the season. They continually improve. It's not going to be a polished and finished product the second game of preseason. Well, we all should know that. And and to think like that is really unrealistic. It's about the journey. And this team, as far as the timeline goes for this young core specifically, and this franchise, if you're looking at the purchase of the team from Wrestler and then bringing in Schlink, We're now in the midpoint of that journey right now, shifting from being process-driven to result-driven this year, as now 
the goals instead of just continuing improvement, development in our young players is switching to winning games and making the playoffs. Real finite, result-driven goals. Going into last night's game, I was really curious to see what defense adjustments did they make from game one. I wanted to see the rotations and minutes that were given to the players, even with five players out last night. And I will mention who those five were shortly. I wanted to see them clean up turnovers, the continual energy, effort, and competitive spirit on both ends that I talk about, the progression and aggression from the Magic City Trio. And with those who were available, I wanted to see the continued building of continuity and chemistry and to see who would take advantage of the moment with players out. And I think there's a candidate for that, and I will talk about that guy later on in the program. So the starting lineup going into last night, there was only one change. Same starting lineup from game one, Young. The change was Kevin Herter in for Bogdanovich. And at the three, DeAndre Hunter. Four, John Collins. And at the five, Clint Capella to round off. The injury report going into last night, all of these players were out. Chris Dunn with a knee. Onyeka Nkongu still with a foot. Cam Reddish with an ankle is day-to-day. Nothing major according to Lloyd Pierce. Rajon Rondo with a knee. And then Tony Snell with a foot in self-isolation. The stats from last night's game, as I said before, the Hawks did win last night with a score of 116-107. The Hawks shot better from the field from game one, shooting 42.2% from the field and made 17 of 44 threes last night, totaling at 38.6%, which was a huge improvement from game one. And I want to continue to see this team improve from three, and I expect them to improve from the three-point line with the additions that the Hawks made this offseason. And that was a tribute to the tremendous ball movement from last night And the difference from game one to last night was that the Hawks were making open threes. There was a lot of open threes they missed in the first game. They really cleaned that up, and they really took advantage of when the Magic slacked on defending that three-point line last night. They weren't as strong from the free-throw line last night, shooting 67.6%, but they were still aggressive, which is a positive, as they got to the free-throw line 34 times last night. They have been to the free-throw line 78 times in the last two games here in the preseason, which is the thing that I want to continue to see from this team across the board. Continue to be aggressive, try to get to the rim, force them to foul you, get to the free throw line, get some easy baskets, and let's not be in transition when we get back on defense. Let's get the defense set, and it makes things a lot easier on that side of the ball and on the offensive side. It's just better all around when you can get to the free throw line for a team. They cut down the number of turnovers from game one from 23 to 18, but this is still an area that I would love to see cleaned up. But those things that better teams in this league will certainly take advantage of if we shoot ourselves in the foot. You can't shoot yourself in the foot. And there were still some times where players were trying to just force things that weren't there, trying to make a play that wasn't wasn't there, or they saw an open player and that window closed quickly and the defense adjusts, and they get a hand in there, and it causes a turnover. So those are things on film that they can correct, and I will look to see that improve. The Hawks were better defensively, holding the Magic to 40% shooting from the field compared to 46% shooting in Game 1, and they continue to close out shooters at the three-point line, holding the Magic 
to 30% from the three-point line. They also, again, out-rebounded the Magic from a margin of 62 to 52 in totality, and then 13 to 9 was the advantage on offensive glass, which was led by Clint Capella, and it quickly spread through the rest of the team. As far as individual stats go from last night, the Hawks had six players score in double digits, including one player who I mentioned before. When opportunity came, he stepped up to the plate, and boy, he really made an impact throughout the game with his presence and his ability to score last night. But the leading scorer last night, no surprise for for Ice Trader Gang. Ice Trader Gang. Leading the team with 21 points in 32 minutes, shooting 6-13 from the field, an improvement from Game 1, and shot 4-8 of from the three-point line, which was also an improvement from Game 1. He added 7 assists, 4 rebounds, a block, and a steal. However, as we talked about turnovers before, he personally, Trey Young, had eight of those turnovers that I mentioned, which will need to be cleaned up, and I expect them to be cleaned up as he's had 14 turnovers in the first two preseason games. And this is a guy who averaged the most turnovers per game last year. He had the fourth most total turnovers in the NBA. As the ball handler, initiator of the offense, turnovers will come, which we would like for him to cut down that number. And I think with film... Continuing to learn the players, continue to get in rhythm and in flow. The turnovers will certainly go down. And with Rondo on the team, I'm sure that in a film session, he can point out some situations where he could have made a better decision or I see what you're seeing here, hold off on that and try to set it up. Set your teammates up and not try to force opportunities upon themselves. And with the addition of other capable playmakers and ball handlers on this team, I think that that would definitely clean up. Clint Capella continues to shine with a double-double in 27 minutes, scoring 12 points, adding 12 rebounds, including four offensive rebounds, shot five of nine from the field, and added one assist. I will speak about Clint Capella a little later in the podcast. I have a lot of good things to say about Clint. John Collins had a double-double last night as well in 29 minutes and had a plus-seven, plus-minus. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds, and added four assists. Although he shot four of 13 from the field and one for three from three-point land, which is a plus, and he did go four for seven from the free-throw line, he played well, but one of the things that I'm going to talk about a little later is that he got into foul trouble into the game with four fouls. He had those four fouls pretty early, but did well to not foul throughout the rest of the game. And they also did kind of monitor his minutes to not put him in situations to go out there and foul. And we will need for that to improve. And I will speak on that later. DeAndre Hunter played well again. One of the three of the Magic City trio. And he had 30 minutes scoring double figures in a second straight game and continuing to have a positive impact on the floor with him starting and just him being on the floor, period. He scored 15 points, shooting 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, and 3 of 4 from the free throw line, adding 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and had a plus 8, plus minus. So very positive impact when DeAndre Hunter plays. That's not a surprise. He just always makes the correct, smart, winning play when he's on the court and I love what I'm seeing from DeAndre Hunter 
The second part of the Magic City trio, Kevin Herter, he was the only starter not to score in double digits. And the numbers didn't show it, but he showed some flashes. He did struggle at times, and he had reported ankle soreness after the game. But like I said, I saw good things from him. He scored eight points in 32 minutes on three of 12 shooting from the field, two of seven from three. He added nine rebounds, which was a plus, and three assists. And as I said before, he did report having left ankle soreness after the game, which could have attributed to his poor shooting last night. But I love seeing the rebounds and the effort that he's giving on both ends of the court. It's there. It may not show on the stats, but it is truly there for Kevin Herter. Just continue to be aggressive, young fella. Continue to be aggressive. The leading scorer off the bench for the Hawks was Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was not in the starting lineup this game. Obviously, as I mentioned before, replaced by Kevin Herter. He scored 18 points in 27 minutes, and he was hot in that third quarter. Hot. And I'm going to talk about that third quarter run a little later. Bogdanovich shot 7 of 15 from the field, including 4 of 10 from the three-point line. He added two rebounds, two assists, and he cut his turnovers down from game one, only recording one turnover last night, which was really good. Played really great and got the team going, especially in the third quarter as he was hitting a barrage of three-point shots, getting people involved, making hockey assists, just making winning plays when he's on the court. And it really helped because once the Hawks got the lead, they never really relinquished it throughout the rest of the game. And Bogdanovich had the highest plus-minus on the team at plus 12. So very, very positive impact for him on the court. And it's, this was great for me to see because I love seeing it because he can. it shows that he can be effective, whether he's coming off the bench or starting. And that's always great. That's always great. He's a guy that we know he can. we can plug and play. He's going to go out there and he's going to try to ball. He's going to try to ball. He's going to try to win games. So love the addition of Bogdanovich early, and I would love to continue to see the chemistry between him and all the rest of the Hawks players continue to blossom game in and game out. The second leading scorer off the bench, no surprise, was Danilo Gallinari, scoring 17 points in 28 minutes, shot 5 of 9 from the field, 2 of 6 from the three-point line, and hit all five of his free throws. He added seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals. He continues to show why he has high odds to be potentially the sixth man of the year in the NBA coming into the season. I can't say enough how much I love having him come off the bench. He's a really steady, steady presence for this Hawks team. And the last double-digit scorer, who certainly took advantage in the moment, Reddish being out and some others, to get more clock was a surprise. Veteran signing from the Miami Heat, Solomon Hill, who scored 10 points in 15 minutes. All threes, all threes went in. <laughs> he was two or five from the field, and he added four points from the free throw line as well, adding four rebounds and an assist. I will speak more on Solomon Hill later. This to say that I love this addition on this Hawks team, and the Hawks players certainly love him as well. We're going to talk about some of my final takes but first, a quick plug for Manscaped. Support from Hootball Hawks comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. 
as we are in the holiday season with all the shopping, chestnuts roasting on open fires, as Jingle Bells plays on almost every radio station, don't forget your jingle balls. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. We all know of a guy who had a tragic grooming story to try to impress his lady, or you personally, where you clip the wrong thing and you start the Will Smith, see what had happened was, well, see, what should have happened was you copping Manscaped for your grooming needs. This revolutionary company has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has a proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts on your nuts and it's also waterproof. So you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trim, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as your jingle balls. That's a technical foul. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Yeah. Your jingle balls do stink. I don't care if you just showered. Speaking of sweaty, stinky jingle balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good, my friends. Good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long, baby. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. So, tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, don't matter, the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your jingle balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use the code HOOPBALL20. Clean up your jingle balls and I guarantee you will make the nice list this year for Christmas. All right, and we are back and I will close with all my final takes from last night. As I threw out all the stats, gave a little bit of analysis with those stats, but I'll talk about things in the bigger picture as I go through some of the big takeaways from last night's game that I saw. And I will start where I left off with Solomon Hill, who certainly has made an impression on his team. Brad Rowland from Locked on Hawks mentioned it as well. And I did in my last episode as well that it seems that everyone loves Solomon Hill, including myself. They love Rondo as well. And the broadcast pointed out Rondo and pointed that basically they said 
every time they saw him during the broadcast, he was talking to the young guys, speaking with them, and they were just soaking it all up. Because with their presence on the team, their knowledge, their experience, and the young Atlanta Hawks players just love to have conversations with them. And I see them as huge additions, and everybody should see them as huge additions because during the offseason, these young Hawks players talked about Vince Carter's impact of just being a vet and just showing them the ropes and teaching them some things within the game and outside of the game that as a professional in the NBA, they just hold weight and they just help them get through a season. They can help players work through slumps, work through tough times because these players have gone through it. Certainly Solomon Hill in his career and including Rondo as well with his multiple stops. They've seen a lot of things, been in different franchises. And if they think that the grass is greener on the other side, they can tell them, you know what it is in certain cases, but in other cases it's not. And you are where you're supposed to be. And that mentorship, that presence is invaluable for a young team and invaluable for young men, especially trying to continue to mature in their own right as men, as professionals, some may be fathers as a father, whatever role that they're embarking on and stepping in, growing into and molding into these players have gone through it. So these additions, although on paper, it may be like, why did you bring in Solomon Hill for why he didn't even play for the heat? Really? Rondo. Yeah. He got a championship ring, but quote unquote, he's a problem in the locker room. We've seen clearly that these players are gravitating to these vets and their impact is going to be seen on the court. And more more importantly, their, their impressions that they are making on these young players will bleed into practice, bleed into film, and bleed hopefully into life. And it makes them better men along the road. And they can learn from their mistakes and whatnot. So I love Solomon Hill. I love the addition of Rondo. Can't wait to see him on the floor. Continue to get healthy, Rondo, because I know that you're going to be making some great plays on that bench as well. And it's going to take it to the next level just with your experience. And just can't wait to just hear some of the things that come out of film sessions with Rondo and Trey Young. My next thing is continuing to address the Hawks additions that they have made. Bogdanovich, love the addition with his ability to create his own shot, create for others, ball handle, catch and shoot. It was much needed next to Trey Young, much needed for this team, because what Bogdanovich is, is what the Hawks franchise wants to see Herder do, basically. So Herder should aspire to be like Bogdanovich. And, I mean, we're seeing why they would want that right now, because Bogdanovich has shown, certainly shown some flashes of just brilliance on the court, his ability to help make winning plays, knock down shots. And he's a huge steal, steal of the signing this offseason. I can't say it enough. So glad that whatever happened between Milwaukee and the Kings happened because we got blessed getting Bogdanovich. And I would love to see him continue to develop chemistry with all these players on the team. And he had a rough game one, but he certainly looked a lot better, as I said, from the stats and just been talking about him in game two. As I mentioned, he got hot in the third quarter and showed that in stretches, he can really light it up from the field, carry a team in stretches, the offensive load, whether knocking down shots, whether 
creating for the others when needed, coming off the bench, starting. It doesn't matter. It just speaks to his unselfishness, maturity, and willingness to do whatever it takes to win. And as I said before, as he continues to learn this team, he has a chance to get even better and better, which will be a huge plus for Trey Young and the rest of this Hawks team. And speaking of Bogey getting hot in the third quarter, as I alluded to before, the Hawks got hot, hot, like Young Thug, Gunner, Travis Scott on the remix hot. Like they went on a run of 19 and 0 in the third quarter where I think it really showed the offensive potential of this team when everything is clicking. And this lineup was Bogdanovich, Trey Young was in there, Gallinari, Solomon Hill, Fernando. And we don't even have some of the other pieces for the Hawks last night and who were just on the bench at this time. And it just shows the offensive versatility and the firepower that this team has. And they need to continue to learn, continue to grow together. But I love that we have more people on this team that have the capability to shoot, pass, score. And our guys who are willing to give effort and energy on the defensive end day in and day out whether in the starting lineup or off the bench, that was just like the perfect storm. Like, cause anytime you go on a 19 or run, it's just a perfect storm of everything just clicking. And obviously they're not going to go on 19 or runs every game. They're not going to be great offensively every game. They're not going to be respectable defensively every game, but this was just a little peek into a glimpse into potentially, you know what? They have the capability to do it. And we shouldn't set the bar that high yet, but as they continue to grow and these things hopefully continue to happen, it will become expected. So let's just continue to work. Let's continue to grow. And the sky is the limit. Once again, I love the additions that we have made on this team. And as far as the team goes, the team was aggressive last night on all cylinders and in attack mode. And that spirit was infectious, whether getting to the rim, which culminated in a lot of foul shots for the Hawks team, taking their shots in the spots where they're the most effective, challenging defenders. It was evident from start to finish. And I love seeing that. And I said that that was one of the things I wanted to see going into the game. I saw it last night. Although preseason game, people won't read much into it. Like I said, these are the building blocks for your future for success, for hopefully making it to the playoffs. Getting the Magic in foul trouble early, frustrating them, pushing the pace on them, moving the ball, sharing, just playing great team basketball. And this was a team that responded to whatever they saw on film from game one. They worked on it and used that to attack the Magic, seeing them the second time in three nights, similar to a playoff schedule. And it was great that the NBA did the preseason schedule like this, obviously for COVID reasons, limit travel and whatnot, but it's a similar format to playoffs, obviously just getting two games and then moving on. And but and they're going to see this out throughout the schedule as well with the Nets first time in the schedule where they're going to have to do that, traveling up to Brooklyn and playing two games and three nights in the Barclays Center. So, it's, it's a great precursor. Hopefully they don't split a lot of those matchups. Hopefully they can, you know, take two and be, and be done and move on to the next city. But still, 
it's what you do in the playoffs. If you're going to build upon great habits and good habits now, preseason's to do it. It doesn't count against your win-loss record. Aggression being a theme. I know only two of the three, as far as the Magic City trio goes, were available, Herder and Hunter. Both were playmaking for others. Both were making shots. Um, although Hunter more so than Herder last night, but they were both making it a point to try to get to the rim and get to the free throw line. And Hunter's trying to show people that this is his starting spot to lose. And doing it on both ends of the court, and again, the guy who may not be the flashiest of guys, he may not be the most vocal, he may not make a bunch of highlight reel plays, but he continues to make winning plays. And he quietly just goes about his business to do his game. Without the big highlight plays, all of a sudden you look up, boom, he had 15. You're like, wow, like I don't even remember him getting 15. And I saw someone on Twitter compare his game to a young Kawhi Leonard. And I wouldn't go that far, but he does have that demeanor. And they do have a similar style of play, trying to use their defense to initiate offense. And just fitting in where you're supposed to fit in on the offensive end, whether it's shooting that corner three getting to the rim, making that extra pass. He just does what he needs to do to help this team win, and that is what's going to help keep him in the lineup, more so if he can continue that play and continue that aggression. Like I said, he worked on defense this offseason. He really took that challenge on, and he said that he wants to be the best defensive player on this team. And if you are the best defensive player on this team for what he does, you're going to keep yourself in that starting lineup. And then Kevin Herter continued to be aggressive as well, trying to attack the rim, knocking down his shots, looking more comfortable with his jump shot in the mid-range game, and trying to initiate offense for others. He looks better. He looks more confident. Hopefully, the ankle soreness works itself out so we can see even more good things from Kevin Herter where it commands that he gets his minutes game in and game out. But I like the aggressiveness and the confidence I'm seeing from the Magic City Trio as they're trying to compete for minutes and it's showing in their play whether it culminates in great stats or not. As they both are trying to focus on defense, defense intensity, attention to detail. It was evident for this entire Hawks team as they were contesting shots early, closing out on shooters at the three-point line, crashing the boards. They were much better in this game than game one. I will look for that to continue as they continue to get healthy, continue to get better week by week, continue to work with Nate McMillan, watch film. And with that continual improvement, I think that everybody, and I'm going to say this, everybody on the team needs to work on defending without fouling and eliminating those frustration fouls. In particular, like I saw them from Trey Young, I saw them from some other players. You got to defend without fouling. And this particular player is going to be very crucial for him to stay on the floor. John Collins. He got in foul trouble early, as I said earlier in the program. He has to work on defending without fouling. We are fortunate to have Danilo Gallinari. We are very fortunate. But if this trend of Collins being out of the game early because of foul trouble continues, then we're going to certainly get our money's worth out of Gallo because we played him that big contract. But we need John Collins on the floor as much as possible to prolong and preserve Gallo so he's not getting those 25 
30-minute-plus games so often. He's great 22 minutes, you know, coming off the bench. 23, 24 minutes. That's very effective. He can come in fresh, score, set up others. That's what Gallo does, and I will talk about Gallo in a minute. But we need John Collins on the floor as much as possible. He could be an all-star. He's crucial for our success. We've seen the impact when he's not available on the court, i.e. injuries in the past, a suspension last year, and how it affects the win-loss record. Thanks to depth, him not being on the court, maybe for an extended stretch or throughout games, may not kill us, but when healthy, he's a problem, period. We've talked about the record with him and Trey Younger in a lineup together. They're great. Now they have more pieces, added depth. They can be even better. We need him on the floor, period. He's athletic. He can be a rim protector. He can create for others, which he's trying to work on, and, he, and it shows that he's been working on this offseason. He will continue to improve to that with chemistry. He can space the floor, shooting the three-point ball, and he's only going to get better. So, John Collins, please just – just try not to foul. Try not to foul. We love seeing you on the floor. You make explosive plays. You make energy plays. You make timely shots. You're great in the offensive end. You make plays on the defensive end, but just work on not fouling. And it goes for the rest of the team, too. He, he's not the only one. On the flip side of that, I mentioned Gallinari. Off the bench for this team, again, great. Knocking down shots, creating for others, whether directly or through hockey assist. Being instant offense and a steady hand coming off the bench, as Alan Strokey alluded to. Shout out to my friend, Alan. And right now, they're still without Okongwu. They're still without Dunn. They're still without Rondo. We will continue to see what the rotation's like. Who comes off the bench? Who starts? What not? Again, depth is a good problem to have. And the addition of Gallo is a great addition. And it will continue to pay dividends throughout the season. I'm really glad that, that we have this guy healthy. Clint Capella. I love Clint Capella on this team. He's smart, lively, active, good defender. His hands, like he's trying to get steals. He's trying to block shots. He's going for loose balls, getting rebounds, challenging challenging them in the, in the paint. You know, he's he's going for those boards, and they're going to have to box him out, and they can't at times because he's just relentless with that. He's an underrated passer. He's improving his spacing and position on the team, not in spacing as in him shooting, just being in the right space to make other players comfortable so that they're being effective in their game. He's making his presence known in the paint, and we need him to continue to do that and continue to make it known that it ain't no easy buckets in the paint. Although we still get outscored in points in the paint, he it's not going to be as easy for teams this year when you have a Clint Capella there. And we need to continue to engage him on the offensive end as we did tonight, culminating in a double-double. He will be a problem for teams in the paint. He was a double-double machine in Houston. And we saw him get his first double-double in a Hawks uniform last night. Although preseason, he can do it here. So, I love Clint Capella on his team. And as I mentioned in the program before, the two-man game between Collins and Capella, they showed some flashes last night as we're both unselfish. I love that they were trying to work on chemistry, work on spacing and improvement. And they definitely did that from game one. And as Allen said in the program before, 
how Josh Smith and Al Horford were for this Hawks team and how they were setting each other up. I can see that from these two as well. It's going to take continuing to play on the floor together. Collins, you got to stay on the floor. Last but not least, we cannot in this program without talking about Ice Trader Gang. And he looked more like Trey Young last night. He did. Nobody was worried after game one. I wasn't worried after game one. It was the first preseason game. They were excited. Juices were going. Shots were not falling. Turnovers. But he looked more like Trey Young last night. Finding his teammates. Shooting threes. Getting to the rim. I saw the chemistry between him and Bogey continuing to improve. And the more they play together, the better it will get. I saw the first pick and pop opportunity with him and Gallinari. Finding the bigs, cutting to the basket. He's starting to get more comfortable. And he's going to have to cut down the turnovers, which I said before. But he's starting to get comfortable. He's going to continue to elevate his play as the regular season nears. And as I mentioned, if he can continue to clean up mistakes along with the rest of the team and continue to learn the tendencies of his teammates. And they got plenty of time to clean these things up. And once players get healthy and the depth is there and you have all these toys that Trey Young can play with, the assist will go up. His points, he's still going to get his. He's still going to get his. They're not going to be able to double team him anymore. And if they do double team him, you got bogey now. If DeAndre Hunter's hitting shots, Collins hitting the shots and being creative on offensive end, let Capella set screens and then all of a sudden Capella's rim running and you're throwing lobs to Capella or just throwing it to him in the paint as he made a sweet, sweet move to finish in the paint last night. And I know I retweeted it and uh, the Hawks tweeted it themselves. The sky is truly the limit with this team. They will need to continue to improve week in and week out but i'm telling you i love what i'm seeing from this team early on and i think it's only going to get better throughout the rest of the year they got the rest of the year to continue to improve and just like i love what i'm seeing from this team i love i would love to have more friends in this program i need more friends i did a solo show today you know i'm feeling great lsu got the dub against florida Huge, huge win. I know I was pretty down about it the last episode, but man, man, huge win. But I would love more friends in this program. So if you love this program, and I love all my friends, whether I can see you or not, whether you, whether we are real friends or you just listen to me and you love this show, and if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a family member, to tell a friend about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share with fellow Hawks fans. Share with basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, BradJarrett67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. And as always, yeah.